We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and of course, a Eurostep Podcast Network show. I am Ty Windish, one of your hosts, and I am joined as always by my truth-telling co-host, Rohan Kadi, here to discuss day two of Bucks Free Agency, aka the bench day. They didn't hit the bench, they filled out their bench going into next season. Rohan, how's it going? Doing well, considering it's it's wild that we're about to, you know, do this podcast. And we literally yesterday as we're recording this, we're recording this on what day is it today? Tuesday? It's Tuesday. I think it's yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. On Monday, we did a four hour live show, and yet four we still have more show. stuff to talk about. It's a wild. lot more. A lot more. And I think just quickly on that, I put most of the like two and a half hours from that are posted on this feed. You might have already heard. Hopefully, if not, circle back. But that's from the live show. There's like an hour and 20 minutes that's just out on the feed. It's more general NBA, but I think still very much worth a listen. We had a lot of fun. So if you want more content, even more content, we're bringing a lot. But if you want more, go to the Eurostat Podcast Network YouTube. Just let it play until the intermission. The, the After the intermission was the pod. You might have already heard that. But check out before that for a bunch of other takes on the earlier free agency deals before the Bucks retained Bobby Portis. But at the end of that stream, we got disheartening news that P.J. Tucker was going to be signing with the Miami Heat. We speculated maybe he just wanted to go to Miami. You know, maybe it was out of the Bucks' hands. They did what they could. Everything else seems like that is not the case, both alluded to in The Athletic and by Tucker himself on Instagram. I have the caption pulled up. I'm going to read it. This came out after... We finished our live, our four-hour live show yesterday. So, PJ Tucker, wow. I'm still a little lost for words, to be honest. Still in shock. It says shook, but shock. But it is what it is. Today took a hard turn on the road of my career, but like my grandma used to tell me, all you can control is what you can control. With that being said, Milwaukee, dot, dot. The city of Milwaukee, all caps, five exclamation points. You will never fully understand what y'all mean to me. 
Our time together, however short, will hold some of the best memories of my life forever. You took me in and had my back throughout our journey, and I will forever be grateful and hold you near to my heart. I can't thank you all enough. We will always be dogs. Black heart emoji, hashtag history in the making, hashtag we some dogs for L. I will say, in the moment when I first read this caption, I believe Jaja Reitz, Jake Reitz shared this and I saw it. I was just pissed because, of course, pretty heavily implied in there. It wasn't up to PJ to leave the box. But reading it back now, you know, angers have not dissipated but cooled a bit. You know, time heals all wounds, all that. Still a little upset. We'll get into it. But it's a great caption. It's an awesome caption. Shout out to PJ. Thank you. There's no 2021 Bucks title without PJ Tucker. Plain and simple. No, there there isn't. It's it's vastly understated in the aftermath of this happening how important PJ Tucker was to this title run. He's just he's incredible. He did exactly what he was brought in to do and more. Nevertheless, he was always a great guy. He gave us some awesome celebrations, but that was only after he gave it all on the court. Gave every single thing he had on the court for this team to help them win the title. Forever grateful to P.J. Tucker, and it seems like that feeling is mutual, at least for the city of Milwaukee. Yeah, he very clearly specified the city, not the organization, uh, which fair. But we went over this in the live. I think we've all talked about it on various platforms a lot. It's a, it's a lost asset. It's a lost salary slot. And even worse than the Brogdon situation, the Bucks get nothing. They don't get picks back, nothing. They let P.J. walk. They, all they can do is use that spot on vet men or not use it and keep 14 players, whatever. But it, it's a lost asset. A, a very good player, again, instrumental to the title run, goes to a rival, Miami, where he's going to get a shot to guard Giannis most likely during the season, which... And to Giannis says PJ is one of the best defenders of him, and he was grateful when PJ joined the team because he was like, oh, I don't have to go against PJ anymore. Good job, Bucks. Yeah, um, that's a tough one. I think we're both still pissed off, but I would say on the whole, I still like the way the roster is shaping up here after day two. Yeah, for sure. It's... They're making good decisions in terms of just pure roster construction, but also like keep PJ. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think the the best way, and I'll have to look up so I can give credit. You could someone, do you could do both. No, you could for do sure. Both. Yeah, you could have you could have everyone you have now MPJ for sure. Um, but I think I'm pulling up who said this. Um, but I I had basically said. The roster is good now if they add one more player. And we'll get to who the players could be and everything else. It was Justin Willis, actually, or Justin Wills. Sorry, Justin Wills, uh, who said this on Twitter. Uh, I, think it, I think it's an excellent roster either way, but I get your point. I'd say more that it would make it a very good offseason. I think that's a good way to put it. The offseason is underwhelming. You keep Portis, which is huge. You lose P.J. Tucker, which sucks. You had so far – Three veterans we think are all on vet minimum deals. And, of course, Portis as well. You retain Portis. But the depth chart for next year is starting to shape up. Obviously, you could also have PJ. And I think there were some other players we would have liked to see. We could still see. We'll get to that at the very end uh, when we have the newest possible info. But um, it's like I like all three of the players they added. I think they fit needs. I think they're good fits for the Bucks. So 
it, the roster looks good, quite good. The offseason, though, it's like pretty meh considering some of the deals out there. And again, just the PJ thing, I think, really took the wind out of our sails yesterday. It's still like a nagging concern of just like, oh, well, that, that part did suck, even if the rest we do like. Yeah, and I don't think we actually just said this right about now, but we're we're implying here that the reason that PJ wasn't signed is because of luxury tax purposes. Oh, yeah, I mean, clearly we was, didn't actually sure. say that. <laughs> you know, so uh, I think it was Eric Name and Sam Amick who had the the actual figures that it would be. So a seven million dollar contract for PJ Tucker for this season, which is what he's getting with base increases with the Heat, is so like assuming similar contracts, it would cost the Bucks thirty million dollars total. Like seven million for the contract, and then twenty three million dollars in uh, luxury tax payments. Thank goodness so. I can sleep at night knowing billionaires save what they spent on houses alone. No, in no, 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 no. Tied, I, know. Tied. I know it's certain billionaires because uh, uh, for uh, a player we were talking about, oh, could be a target for the Bucks. Patty Mills signed with the Brooklyn Nets, and uh, he's getting—is he getting the? Uh, he's getting the taxpayer mid level. Yeah, he's getting uh, six mil a year on average. That that billionaire is really yeah. paying. So, uh, this is according to Bobby Marks, who says that uh, uh, before t- uh, Patty Mills signing, the Brooklyn Nets tax bill was going to be ninety two point six million dollars. Adding Patty Mills, one hundred and twenty one point eight million dollars. So roughly the same thirty million dollars. Am that, I the uh, only one who didn't know that Brooklyn's tax bill was that wild? It's it's. it's do you see the players they have on their roster? <laughs> I, I like obviously you know about the big three and they retain some guys, the, but those three are like over the cap by themselves. You know, you know who I forgot? I forgot Harris, who's on good oh, morning. Yeah. That's what I forgot because otherwise it's like it's those three guys, Harris, and it's like a lot of three million, five million. I think Bruce Brown signed the qualifying offer less than five million. Blake is back. Like there's not a lot of big money, but Harris at tax on a ton. A hundred million in, in taxes is wild. Yeah, but. Joe Sai's like, yeah, sign me up. And look, what am I doing here? I'm like saying good things about Joe Sai. Joe signed like, me up. Like that's <laughs> that's where that threw me off. That's where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. Um but no, yeah, I mean, it sucks. It just sucks. It sucks. That's the thing with PJ. DeAndre Jordan's making 10 mil, by the way. I think they're trying to get rid of him. Um, OKC is going to get something for taking on that contract. But it actually could be even scarier. The Nets are terrifying. We'll do, I'm sure, after more dust has settled, kind of look around at the landscape of the East and League. Bucks are still in a good spot overall, but the Nets are just terrifying. I have to beat him once. So, um, But... Do we have any more thoughts on PJ? I think the important thing is like it sucks and we should resent certain folks, i.e. Bucks ownership. Because it seems like based on the comments before free agency, sure seemed like Horst was on board for keeping him. It really did seem like that. All of the smoke around there, even though nothing could technically be done, obviously no tampering. But uh, the smoke out there was two for Well, he said, he said, we traded for him with the bird rights in mind. We want to use the bird rights. Like he put it out there and and it didn't happen. So, um, but I think you have to compartmentalize a little bit though. Like I do think we've, we very much vented the last couple days. I I think it doesn't mean you have to ignore it when you look at the Bucks process or evaluate how they've done. But I do think it's important to not let it ruin everything else that happens because, again, some of these other moves are pretty good. The roster is still quite good. I think this is a team that can absolutely contend for championships, a championship this coming season. So unless you have any other PJ thoughts, 
Should we get into the three newest Milwaukee Bucks? Uh, yeah, let's do it. The first one. Uh, Hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's, can you give the backstory? If anyone yes. missed the live pod. So if you didn't, was that on the two and a half hour? Piece oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah That's in there. So That's if, in you, there. if you heard that, go listen back to that, if not. Uh, so we were talking. This was late in the live uh, four hour stream, by the way, like I mentioned earlier. So I was sort of losing my mind a little bit. We were all losing our minds. Um, we, we got into a comparison. I was like, oh, Andre Iguodala would be a good fit on this Bucks team. And then big time Ty comes back with big time. He says, I'm going to get roasted for this. I have a hot take. I'd rather have Shemi Ojale than Andre Iguodala. John Horst heard that and said, I'm on board. So uh, I was a little upset about that, uh, that <laughs> take. And I still stand by that take. <laughs> like uh, my, my reasoning for that. It's uh you're you're asking about Iguodala's playoff stats when uh, Ojale's playoff stats include one point total. One this point. last playoffs, not career. one point. One sure, point. Uh, sure, that's fine. Hey, Andre Iguodala still did more. All right, uh, if Andre Iguodala played for an organization that entrusted a head coach that played Jabari Parker over our guy Shemi, I don't know what what well, I don't know what Iguodala could do about that. I don't. His hands were tied. I'm pretty sure if Andre Iguodala was on the Celtics, he would have played over Jabari. Who can say? Basically, everyone. They want to bring back Isaiah Thomas, and you trust that team's judgment. the The outhouse. You're putting stock in outhouse decisions. I'm not. <laughs> I grinded Shemi tape today, and I'm excited. I'm actually excited. Okay, tell me why you're excited. Okay, by the yeah, the Bucks signed Shemi Ojale. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> the Bucks did. They're, they're that night. The only ad they made after basically the live pod, Shemi Ojale. It was later that night. Um, overall, you look at Shemi's stats. It's nothing impressive. I'll be the first one to say it. It doesn't blow you away. Four point six points this last year, a career high. But that's it. Interestingly enough. Played again, minutes were also a career high, 17 per game. For whatever reason, I really I thought he was out of the Celtics rotation. I think I got him confused with Yabaselli, who I think has been gone for a while. But Shemi, 56 games played this last year, 15 starts. Like he was a spot starter, given they were ravaged by injuries. But still, he got the call and he actually played better as a starter. Um, in those 15 starts, averaged 6.5 points, 3.9 rebounds, and just under 23 minutes per game. As a starter, 52.2% from two, 37.1% from three. I think that's interesting because he was playing with better players in those minutes, right? Like he has been mostly a bench player for Boston. Boston's benches have been largely quite bad. I think that's one, been one of the things really holding back the Celtics is they also struggle with like backup point guards. That's why, I mean, Teague didn't work out there and got released. And it, you know, it really he didn't work out. the group project though. He did at the end of the day. He didn't get an A in the first one, but um they didn't have many other answers. So the fact that they released him really said something about how much they disliked Jeff Teague uh, and Bucks fans eventually got there too. But I, I just think there's something there in Shemmy. And I watched his career game. I think he had 22 points against the Raptors at one point last season. And all of it, his, this was a shot diet. Corner threes. 24. 24, excuse me, 24 points. His All of his shots were either corner threes or cuts or like a, a, a driving against really hard closeouts from the corner and getting to the basket. It's basically what the Bucks wanted PJ Tucker's offense to be before he stopped shooting. And listen, that just take is going around. Shemi is not better than PJ Tucker. 
He's not that guy. He's not going to be that impactful. Certainly not on defense. Probably not on the glass either. However, I think there's a very clear case to be made that Shemi's offense is more useful than PJ's was, which is a very low bar. But if you get some solid defense for bigger wings out of him and good offense, it could end up working out with the rest of the personnel on this roster. Like if Giannis and Chris and Drew can continue to defend at a high level, you get Dante back who can be a quite a good defender. Like if Shemi can just work on those corner threes, you know, finish at the rim, it's fine. I have the percentages shot 39% on corner threes the last, across the last two seasons, 35% on above the break threes. PJ shot 37% from corner. And this is all regular season. The last two seasons, 25% above the break. And Actually, so PJ attempted way more shots overall, about half of the above the break threes. He just didn't shoot them. So Shemi's saying 35% there, which is not great, but those are the harder threes. And he'll at least take them. I mean, he attempted 150 over the last two years, not really playing. So you're looking at like trailing threes. That's something he'll be he's comfortable taking, certainly at the corners. And in the restricted area and paint non-restricted area around the rim-ish, just about as efficient as PJ. 57.6% in the restricted area. 43% paint outside of the, the circle. So certainly not great, but he'll convert those shots. I think I think could be useful and a lot younger, of course. Yeah, 10 years younger. Literally is, a decade. It's a, big, it's a big plus, especially when you sort of get into what you were talking about earlier in terms of how he sort of maneuvers around off ball. Like PJ just planted his butt in the corner. I mean, it, and then he would use that to go get offensive rebounds. Oh, yeah, God, that same PJ butt. Already. Yeah. I missed him yeah. already. Um, but Shemi is just, he's more mobile. He's more active. He's just, he's like, he's 10 years younger than BJ Tucker. You're going to be able to get him to do stuff in terms of off ball movement, in terms of relocating, like what we saw from Bobby in terms of relocation, we could sort of incorporate that into Shemi's game. There's, there's definitely promise there. I think I've, I've sort of warmed up to this idea a little bit more. Now that I'm fully removed from shouting at you think, about Ojale just a, a day later. I think the circumstances are make it harder because he is he is essentially right now as things are shaking out. That's the role or at least the archetype he's stepping into, right? Like the Bucks, and we'll see, we'll get to it at the end with what they're gonna do to there's still potential moves to be made or not. Thanos is still not signed. So basically he's the, also in Greece. Well, yeah, he is. But Patty Mills is in Tokyo at the Olympics and he got it done. So, um, but we've seen, know, that, we've seen the Atetokounmpo's not do stuff while they're in Greece, though. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but I, I'm surprised we haven't. It's gotten the report, though, like he's going to. But I, I digress. We just don't we don't know right now. Um, but like the, that P.J. Tucker and before P.J. Tucker sort of and what we hope the Nasus could eventually become right basically is what what Shemi is, but not, he's not quite there yet, but it's kind of, it's almost like a, a little bit of a blend between those two players. Like the Nasus is that size and co- sort of that position defensively, or they'll scale down, but just undisciplined and, and doesn't have a shot either. Like, I don't know. I think it's a really intriguing player type for the Bucks, And I really like the gamble on vet man. And I could just see it. Like I could see him being really good in lineups with Giannis. Like it just, I think he's a good but not great defender. The problem with with Shemi is the Celtics barely used him, and when they did, they were like, go guard Giannis. And it's such a tough thing to like, oh, you're barely playing, check in, and you're only guarding Giannis, and that's it, and then check back out. Like, 
My Make God. Sure you get some flops in there. But yeah, of course. Fall down. But also, one last thing before I, I kick back to you for more thoughts on, on Shemi. But from Jared Weiss at Jared Weiss NBA, right after the signing was announced, this guy's going to be a culture fit. So this is what Jared says. Shemi has been one of the humblest and hardest working people the Celtics have had in years. The rare person who never complained about his constantly fluctuating role, who could be frustrated with himself, but never others, and always gave 100%. Everyone around the Celtics loves Shemi. That is a dysfunctional org for large parts of the last few years. And that they, apparently this was a constant. And again, it's not like anyone had to say this. This isn't a franchise legend. He's a role player moving on. But I, I just think all the all the early signs are good. And I think there's something there. And I think I, I kind of trust the Bucks and Bud Wing University to uncover it. I mean, yeah, there's definitely something there. Like there's the tools there. We've talked about this already. I don't know. It, he's definitely a culture fit, like you were saying. I think that's just going to be a general thing for Milwaukee going forward, especially with Giannis and Chris setting the tone there. That's been that's been a thing for years, just high-character guys. And if there are non-high-character guys on the roster, they get booted out immediately. We've seen that. They've just been isolated, not to name names. But you know who I'm talking <laughs> about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it fits this organization. It really does. Also lives in the gym. Also lives in the gym, which is good it, for the Giannis Bucks. Giannis is going to love it. Giannis and Pat. Yeah, I think they're going to have a third amigo there. Hey, watch out for more videos sent to Dwayne Johnson in the office. I, I cannot wait, dude. <laughs> so at some point, he's got to come and work out with them, right? I hope so. You got Though, like Giannis is those a mega four, star. Oh my god! Um, I, the I just content can't wait. would be incredible. I can't wait for the bur- first Bucks social team video. Just Giannis, Shemi, Shemi. And just giving him crap about something or whatever it is, like, oh man. If this is if this is a good move for you, maybe Giannis wanted to sign it. Maybe Giannis he's gotten that, a lot of experience going up against Shemi, and it's maybe like that sort of thing. Maybe Shemi did the Bobby Portis text. Hey, maybe I can help you guys. I heard you have cheap ownership. I'll I'll do minimum. It's all good. Let me okay. in there. Let's see if it's it is the minimum, right? We think it's the Eric, Eric name could he said yeah, this is the one. Yeah, we, we're not sure about the other two yet. We assume all three so far are vet men, but we know Shemi is based on the reporting. But yeah, it's just uh, I think it can be a good signing. It's not PJ Tucker, but no. that's asking a lot. It is. It is. And I mean, listen, it's again, I think the thing is. It could be a like in a year or two, if he, everything goes right. Maybe it is the longer-term replacement for P.J., even if you're still not quite as good. I mean, in two years, he's going to be better than P.J. P.J. will probably be out of the league. So, I, I don't know. I wouldn't doubt P.J. 38, 39-year-old? We'll see. I, mean, like, I don't know how much already- longer he's going to want to do this. We know he has unlimited money based on the diamond shoes, so he doesn't need to do this. That's true, but he's still good at what he does. That's true. That's true. Maybe I'm, just, maybe I'm still upset. <laughs> no, it's fair. I'm, I am too. I'm just, I'm, I'm compartmentalizing. Okay. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Should we move on to the next signing? Rodney Hood. Yeah. Former playoff hero for the Portland Trail. Wait, they lost that series, man. Uh, no, they won yes. that series. Did they? Yeah, that's when they made the conference finals. Oh yeah, you're right. Or am I being an idiot? No, you're wrong. Yeah, I'm wrong. That was the you saying before. for the Blazers. Yeah. No, you're right. I'm either right or wrong. One you're of those right. two options. You're right. So basically, Rodney Hood's done well for the Portland Trail Blazers in that playoff game where he went to double OT against the Nuggets. Yeah, and that's what most people want to think of when they think about Rodney Hood. Unfortunately, um. Very unfortunately, actually, it's very sad. Uh, he did tear his Achilles after that season, which is the most devastating injury in basketball. Uh, even though, you know, we've seen guys like, I guess, Kevin, Ka- Katie's an anomaly. That's just not included. in every sense. Yes. So it's just it's really tough for players to come back from that sort of injury. He's already had a couple of years now where he's just sort of floating around. He stayed with Portland. And he was traded to Toronto. Didn't really do a whole lot. It's just an it's just been a tough road for Rodney Hood back. But the thing is with Achilles injuries, it takes a lot of time. This last year was the rust year. Yeah. For him. It usually takes another extra year once you come back from, you know, injury. It takes another year to get acclimated. That's what most uh uh sports scientists like to say. So he's had that year, and it definitely was a struggle. We've seen a lot of lows in terms of career shooting, in terms of production, minutes, games started, all of those things. There is a road for redemption, though. And maybe that's with the Bucks. Yeah. I, again, I think it's a different way than Shemi, but I think it's another good, very low-risk gamble that could. I mean, if the upside is one of his one of the years near his best, and we have seen players, I mean. Wes Matthews came back and was still quite good. Rudy Gay has had an excellent career after coming back. Just post-Achilles, he's had a, a good career as a winning player and a useful big wing. Um, Rodney Hood, though, that game you mentioned, that was game six in the Portland-Denver series. Eight for 12 from the field, three for four from deep, six for nine from free throw. He drew nine free throws, 25 points in that game, a plus 21 in the series they went on to win. Both teams running on fumes by that point. But, I mean, you look at Rodney Hood, if you get even close to, like, his peak role player seasons, you're talking about a double-digit to low-teens scorer who's shooting probably 37 38% from three on solid volumes, kicking in a couple rebounds, always has averaged more than one assist per game, which I like, closer to two than one. So it shows you not a black hole. He's not just scoring. He's going to move the ball a bit, even if he doesn't touch it a lot. And a good defender. Like, he's just a very good wing player. 
And honestly, like you can always use more. You can always use more very good two, three, maybe four, probably more two, three on this team wings and getting one that, again, the upside of an 11, 12, 13, 14 point per game guy, you can shoot the three ball and, and do everything else. Well, for vet men, like why not? It's the position of most need throughout the entire league. So yes. that's why it's very, very, very difficult to get these types of players. This is why you have to go to I, calling them a reclamation project is kind of strong, but that sort of fit. You have to go for the low or the high risk, low floor sort of moves if you're a team like the Bucks because you can't pay them a ton. Yeah, like we're no. assuming Rodney Hood is getting a veterans minimum. We yeah. don't know that. Yeah. We don't, we don't have that confirmed, but it's pretty safe to say. Actually, that's even strong to say. We're hoping. No, I think it's safe to say. I think it's safe to say. Um, I I think if anything, it'd be the third player who got more. Yeah. But it's the position of most need. And like you said, you can never have too many of these guys. Because, again, people are going to have cold. We've seen Pat Connaughton throughout the years be in and out of the rotation just based on his shooting. This is what Bud does. He always plays the hot hand. And if you have this many guys, you're always theoretically – there's a higher chance of always having a hot hand to play. If that's just that's a massive oversimplification of it, but that is one way to look at it. Yeah, and I just think it adding wings like this, like it just bolsters the bench unit. And it's just if there is an injury, if, it gives you more options. Gives you more options and just more fallback, more more fallback plans, right? I mean, look at how desperate the Bucks were for playable guys during this playoff run. If Let's let's just say Forbes. Let let's uh, let's put in Hood for Forbes. They're not similar players at all, thankfully. But that 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 like backup wing spot. It's kind of what he is. That's on this team very roughly. If if Hood is healthy, he's playable against everyone. Like there's not a team that's going to play Rodney Hood off the floor. He's just a good all-around wing player. And like there's value in that. Like they went for the specialists and ironically the one that worked was Portis and it worked because they made him less of a specialist and more of a good two-way big man, and that's why he was able to play. Uh, you know, I was looking around the league, and I was thinking about this a lot during this free agency. Are any of the pure shooters, who are not 3 and D players, but just shooters, are any of them consistently useful in the playoffs? I was Duncan thinking about this Robinson. at Duncan Robinson's deal. No, he wasn't. He got neutralized by the Bucks. That's true, but he, he had was... a good game one, and after that, I mean, you, you, you stay on the guy, you really you play press-up on him and just don't give him space. I guess Joe Harris wasn't. Joe Harris was awful. They didn't even play him that well. He was just bad. But and obviously Forbes after the first round was like you look around the league and a lot of those guys they haven't. Corver's not even in the league. And again, like when was Corver on? I I maybe had some good years with the Hawks and Cavs, but obviously never not a championship. Forbes still isn't hasn't been signed yet. It's just and wasn't. I don't think was a net positive for the Spurs in, in the playoffs when he did play. He wasn't there for the the deep runs. But like guys like KCP, Pat Connaughton now, like those like who can do more but also shoot, those players have been more valuable in the playoffs. So having a guy yeah, like Hood really over Forbes, I think is a lot better just because that I just think you're so tight as one of those shooters, right? Like I know it's not all, especially at Harris. I know he can go to the rim. I know, I know, I know. And he's a good defender. Yeah, he's yes, he is. But if like your number one thing is threes, I just think you have the least control over if they go. I mean, look at the great three-point shooting percentages are so much less than Giannis or Embiid or someone at the rim or LeBron getting into the rim. Like, there's just less control inherently. You're going to make less of them. And I just think there's something about that in the playoffs outside of the bubble 
that makes it tough. So yeah, I'm glad to not have presumably Forbes. I'd much rather have Hood. I feel like he's going to be able to play against everyone. Yeah, no, no, that's actually a really interesting point. I'm going to have to think about that more. Let us know if you have yeah. any thoughts on that, by the way. Yeah, weigh in. It's, uh, yeah, no, Hood over Forbes is definitely, it's, I don't know if I'm ready to call it an upgrade because we don't know what we're getting out of Rodney Hood yet. That's the thing, right? I mean, if it's, if it's his rookie year, it's his worst year before this last season, about nine points, two rebounds and change, 1.7 assists, 36% from the field, 45% from two. It's not bad. That's a it's fine backup wing. That's a fine backup wing. Yeah, that's fair. But he's not. A, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's but a the fair. The thing is, like, Forbes is fine, him. too. Yeah. But I, I think I think you'd probably have reason to believe Hood would get better as long as he doesn't get injured again, which is a big if with him. Yeah. But, I think it's just like a wait and see what kind of Rodney Hood we get sort of thing. And yeah. again, like I said earlier, that's the kind of risk the Bucks have to take in these situations because they're not going to be able to get like the premier guys. Yeah, and that's why it's nice to have a Pat Connaughton on the wing already. On, well, I guess we'll talk about starters later, presumable starters, but presumably on, on the bench, but just a nice solid wing who you know can sponge up minutes and, and do wing stuff. But I, I like the Hood deal. It's not guaranteed to work, just like Shemi, but I do think – I think the Bucks are getting in a place now where it's like if two of three of these pretty solid bets pan out for us, suddenly our rotation is deeper than last year. Yeah, for sure. And especially it's uh we'll see what 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 happens with Dante, but you're getting him back. Yeah. And uh like they were running out of playable guys. We talked about this a lot. It feels like forever ago, but it was like two <laughs> weeks ago or three weeks ago, some amount of time ago. Yeah. July. Early in the July. Past. In the past. Yeah. We were talking about oh man, like they they have to play Jeff Teague some minutes here. <laughs> like you have to because they yeah, have no yeah. other option. And they did, and it worked out. They won the title. Sure. Uh, and we were getting a little worried. We might get back there. <laughs> Teague still unsigned. The Bucks, no backup guards whatsoever. Hey, it, don't, don't, don't count out Sam Merrill, who you tweeted about as being uh, yeah. the current backup point guard. <laughs> yeah, I said I wouldn't be able to sleep a restful night's sleep until, uh, until he was not the only backup well, guard. good thing you get to sleep tonight. I do. Thank God, honestly. I thought I you were going to. Yeah, yeah you do I'll it. do you it. Do okay. It. Yeah. So uh, George Hill is back. He was whined, whined, waved by the 70s. <laughs> he was waved by the 76ers, signed by the Bucks. Not yet. You're going to get the Bucks in trouble like Woj probably did with Rodney Hood, tweeting he plans on signing before he actually gets waved. Plans on signing. Plans, plans on, on signing. signing. Not yet able to sign. There's. The potential things are lining up for the Bucks to be the front runner to sign George Hill if he is potentially waived by the Philadelphia 7. No, he's waived. He's waived now. It's it's once he clears. Once waivers. he clears, so I think waivers. it's okay. I think it's okay now to do it. So George Hill, is yeah, George Hill is going to be the backup point guard. This makes me very happy, honestly. Yes, one. Like, yeah. yeah, it's it's good to see George Hill back after uh, there was some scuttlebutt around his departure and well he said some things yes, yeah he did. i don't <laughs> want to scuttlebutt <laughs> no <laughs> i'm trying to like not exactly say what happened in well, terms I mean, of what, like no what I mean, no what his exact comments were oh yeah because we don't know for sure like we have his story we had we have an inkling to believe it but yeah. again we can't confirm it so i'm not gonna like say it. 
but there was some there was some tension between him and the organization in relation to whether he thought his departure was due to him uh, leading the protest of the game in the bubble against the Orlando Magic. He's back. So I'm glad to see that no bridges were burned there and that relationships yep. can be mended. First of all, that is fantastic. It's fantastic for the organization. It's fantastic for the city. Great for George Hill. Great for the Bucks in that regard. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I just think it's like I don't want the Bucks front office to be like petty, basically. So, you know, Hill said what he said about feeling like the trade was partially motivated because of his role in the Wildcat strike. I think yeah. it technically was uh, in the bubble. Um, and at the time, I think our take was, we don't think that's the case, but we don't know the situation as well as George Hill. And, thing, so, and things came out after that, which yeah, sort of, yeah, there's a lot has happened. to George Hill's story there. A, so. lot, a lot has happened, uh, for sure. Um, but I, I'm glad they worked it out and I hope that George Hill continues to be, you know, use his voice and be vocal for what he believes for sure. in. I think support that a hundred percent. Make sure you use more of that use your voice. Yeah. Bring George Hill to Whitefish Bay. Um, but yes, you could need him there. Um, but basketball wise, I like the fit a yeah. lot. And I think he's better than Jeff T. I, the, the thing for me about Hill, and I, I will dig into the numbers in a second, but he's definitely better than Jeff Teague. I think, I think the, my memory of Hill, and this can persisted going into the playoffs last year when he was with Philly, is like he's not going to be fifth guy in a closing lineup good most of the time. And he's not going to be able to be basically the lead ball handler on a team that wants to win a championship good. And you might be listening to this and thinking like, well, duh, why would you ever expect that? <laughs> the Bucks with Bledsoe, he was basically their crunch time best ball handler. And this is – Chris has gotten bet much better at these things. Chris's handle wasn't exactly where it was when last George Hill was on the team. The bubble was the bubble. The year before that, the 2019 run, like George Hill was the best point guard on the roster pretty much by far. And again, on a contending team. And then with Philly, the Ben Simmons thing is what it is. Tobias isn't exactly an initiator. They kind of got bailed out. Seth Curry stepped up. Seth Curry stepped up big for them. But But he's not an initiator. He's not. And Hill disappointed them. And I think some people, myself, like the bubble, he disappointed me there. He's just quieter than what you want out of that, out of where he was with those teams. The Bucs don't need him to be that kind of player anymore. That's the thing. Like, he's never going to be, well, I shouldn't say that. He's never going to be PG1 overall. He might play without Drew and then be there. But I think Chris is evolved as a ball. Backup point guard is when he'll have. But he'll, and he'll, actually be, he'll actually be the backup point guard. Like if you're the backup yes. point guard to Eric Bledsoe or Ben Simmons in the playoffs, you're actually the point guard. You're, like, the, you're the closing point guard. Yeah, yeah. Like you need to be that. He doesn't need to be that. Drew is here. Chris has become much better and more comfortable. Giannis, initiating is, offense. Giannis is better. And Giannis is playing this different role where these other players, I think are more comfortable and able to work more. I think the fit is much better for Hill than it was last time he was in Milwaukee. Yes. The reason that we got upset is uh, in terms of him not doing enough is because we wanted him to do so much more than other players on the roster. Like you say, Bledsoe. We wanted George Hill to be the guy taking these shots instead of Eric Bledsoe. We wanted George Hill to be the guy who's like, we wanted him to run the show at the end there when it really matters. Like you were saying, he's going to be the fourth option to do that now. Yeah. And I think you look at. Maybe third. 
I think fourth. I think pretty it's no late in certain situations. Fourth, yeah, fourth is fine. He'll be the fourth best offensive player at most if he's if he's even out there to close games. He might not be. Yeah, he, he might, might be. not. Be. We'll see. I think it'll depend That's on the, the game. That's the beauty of it. We don't need him to be out there in closing yes. situations now. Not it used having to be a, George Hill do everything in crunch time to George Hill. You might be on the bench during crunch time. Right. And that's, that's the right role. I mean, George Hill last time he was on the Bucks was like 33. Now he's 34, 35. Like that at that age. I mean, he was a great starter for a long, a very good starter for a long time. But at this point in his career, like he should have that limited responsibility and he's going to still going to get to play a lot. He might be the starting two guard to start the year. We don't know yet. Um, but with Dante's injury is what I mean. He's not supposed to be ready for the start of the year. We'll see. Um, but these last couple of years, like this last year, talk about being asked to do too much. George Hill started last season as OKC's starting point guard before. I think they sent him to Siberia before they traded him. He only played 14 games, but he was oh, actually he did, he did get hurt because he had to. He took him a while to play for Philly, but yep. ne- nearly 12 points, three assists per game, 38 percent on threes, more than four attempts per game. And the offense was like him and Shea Gilgis Alexander and Lou Doyd. I mean, not a whole lot else. Horford, I think, was there then. Like, yeah, that was before everyone just went into exile. Yeah, and Shea was quote unquote hurt, but like still pretty good. And even with Philly, where like he was disappointing in Philly in the regular season, he still shot thirty nine percent from deep. He's not going to be a high volume guy, but that again, that's more okay now. That's more okay now that Drew is adding buckets. That Giannis is scoring more in the playoffs. Chris is shooting more. Bobby Portis is here. Pat Connaughton is more of a three-point shooter now. Like, you don't need him to shoot eight threes a game. Like, I remember the thing was, like, he shot 46% from deep the last time he was a buck, but only, like, one and a half makes per game. That's okay now. Like, all of the stuff he did is now much more okay, and he hasn't really fallen off since he left. Yeah, in terms of shooting, like, he shot 42% from three in the playoffs for the Sixers this year. Given yeah. it was on one point six attempts per game, which is but very George Hill, but again, that's what you that. need. That's that's the role, and it didn't work for Philly because, like I said earlier, they needed him to be in that massive role. Yeah, and that's not going to be the case anymore. It's just, I don't know. It's it's a much better. Whenever I used to talk about George Hill, I think last season, I always used to say he was he steadied the ship. That was yep. always his role. He steadied the ship. He kept everything under control. Bench units ran through George Hill. And it worked. It worked really well. He could control bench units. He could work against backup point guards really, really well. Because, again, this is George Hill. Like, he's good. Like, he's really good in certain situations. Like, you don't have this long of a career as a player without being really good at what you do, especially at the point guard position. I mean, let's let's put it simply. This is the best point guard unit the Bucs have had in our lifetime. Yeah. Drew and George oh, yeah, Hill, Drew That's and George incredible. Hill for 48 minutes a game. I mean, they struggled to get one guy for that level for a lot of those years. I mean, it's this is a really good unit. Um, it's like this is very strong. Like when they're all healthy, which they are right now, like regular season, 34 minutes of Drew and then George Hill out there for the others and they play together some like that is plus point guard play. The whole game, all the time, which they have not had in a very, very long time. Yes. And like like I was saying, he used to steady the ship. Now he doesn't have to steady it. I mean, all he has he to do is steady will, it. still will, I'm sure. No, but all yeah, he yeah, has yeah, to do yeah. is steady the yeah. ship. But get, like, the point guard thing is a really good uh, way to think about this. Like last year, beginning, it was 
Drew Holiday and DJ Augustine. They, they had the a problem, second guy who couldn't play all year. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Augustine was a problem in that one. He just, he could eat. There was a lot of problems. It wasn't a good fit. It wasn't a good fit. He did better in Houston. I think he, he does not a good fit for what the Bucks do, but he also just wasn't effective. And also you couldn't run Drew DJ lineups because it would just be too small. Like yeah. in those lineups, you want Drew to handle the ball. And what are you running like a 5'10 on a good day guy on, off ball? Yeah. Like, no, uh, George Hill is 6'4 and a good defender. Yeah. Like you can play him off ball. You can play him at the two. You can play Drew at the two as well. And you feel more comfortable with Drew out there at the two with George Hill handling the ball rather than DJ Augustine. Yeah. No, I really like the the two guard lineups with those two. I think are going to be really nice for the Bucks. It's just, again, we talked about it with the Rodney Hood thing. They just have more flexibility. now. You have more. The pieces are a lot easier to put together. And you know, you can, however many minutes George Hill ends up playing in the playoffs, you know, you have a good point guard out there whenever Drew is sitting. And we've seen the Bucks get by without that. Now they don't have to. I mean, imagine this last run. If all of the Teague minutes were instead like a guy you felt totally comfortable with. And that's where we're at. And that's huge. I mean, that's just, that was their biggest weakness heading into this and all of last season. And you don't want to be too premature. You have to see it play out. But George Hill, clearly comfortable playing with Giannis, like a good fit. And I think he's still a good player. You know, I think they could use one more guard maybe just to soak up minutes in the regular season. Because I think this is, like we talked about, we expected PJ before he left. I mean, you still have Dante. You still theoretically. Dante won't be healthy right away. Merrill might be the guy, honestly. Like, I think the rookies are going to get a little more run. At least Merrill. Maybe Bryant, too, if he's still there. Just like you don't want to overtax either Drew or Chris after the Olympics, Giannis ever in the regular season, and the older guy. Really, there's not that many older guys. We expected it to be PJ, but Brooke and Hill, I think those guys, you want to take it easy all regular season. So let Diakite play a little bit. Let Merrill play a little bit. They probably won't play in the playoffs unless the Bucks are up by a lot. But I think in the regular season. Probably will be at points. Yeah, I mean, first round, you. Would, I think the Bucks are going to have a better regular season. Yeah. Even Reigning with this NBA rest. champion Milwaukee Bucks, by the way, feels good. It still feels good. Yeah, just gotta. I gotta sprinkle that in there just to remind everyone that the Bucks won the title. That's uh, a good reminder. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's good. This is the best move by far. Obviously, yeah, <laughs> out of what they've done so far. No, Bobby, Bobby's, Bobby's the best. Oh yeah, retaining Bobby counts. Yeah, we we gloss over that because we co- we had inklings and we covered it most most moist on the uh on the pod yesterday but um, go listen to that if you want yeah bobby breakdown yeah just listen to the first like five minutes ignore the pj parts um still listen to the rest of it though yeah listen to all of it twice but so here's the the bucks oh and one other piece of news we got today via the nba transaction page somehow i think it was the first one to get this uh mamu uh sandro mamu kayla shvelli shvili uh, is a two-way player. So this is, I think, I feel good about this because I think on draft day, I think our our take or my take was Mamu on the two-way and if Kalidzakis is going to come over, exhibit 10, herd player, essentially. We're, we're halfway there. We haven't heard much on Yorgos I mean, he, yet. Yorgos might get the other two-way. Who knows? He could, which he wouldn't be that mad. I want to talk about that spot, actually. I have, I have thoughts about that spot, but... Um, but so he's on a two way. So the Bucks, as everything stands, with TA still floating in the ether, Hassan Whiteside just signed the Jazz. That's hilarious. He signed the Jazz. 
Signed with the Jazz. I'm sure Hassan Whiteside's like, no, you guys work for me now. <laughs> I probably will go in there and say something like that. Um, but with Mamu on the two-way, let's leave him out for now. Look at just the guaranteed contracts. Here's the Bucks depth chart. Drew Holiday, George Hill, Elijah Bryant at the one. Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, sort of. Sam Merrill at the two. Chris Middleton, Jordan Wara, Rodney Hood at the three. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Bobby Portis, Semi Ojale at the four. And then basically Brooke Lopez, Mamadi Diakite at the five. You can quibble about what exactly each player position is. Portis was the basically the backup five all of last regular season, so I'd assume he plays that same role. I think so. I after seeing the playoff run, I like him better with a more typical five out there that's for fair. rim protection. But yes, but also that's a playoff. Yeah, it's true. Um, but overall, like look at that depth chart. And if you want to count, like they they basically have four at least four bench players, I think, that you're gonna really end up trusting if you assume one of Wara Hood Ojale really works out. That's all you need for them to have four good bench players. That's George Hill, Patsy, Portis, and just one of those guys. That's a pretty good – I think you're going to get at least one of those guys that by that time you're like, oh, yeah, we can play him. Even if War ends up being Forbes and it's like not all the time, one of Hood Ojale feels pretty solid to me. Yeah, you just need that chance. And theoretically, maybe Thanasis. We'll We'll see. We'll see. Let's talk about it. No idea. Let's talk about the the 15th spot. So could remain open. It's an option. Save some money. That's been a thing that's motivated the Bucks in hours past. Um, Or the Nasus, who's still floating around. Or one of the many free agents still on the board. The big board, a lot of red, a lot of guys signing elsewhere. George Hill was my number 14 player on the big board going into the day. So good move by the Bucks. I had him under Danny Green. I don't know if I actually believe that. But otherwise. Danny Green. Let's talk about him. Let's, yeah, Danny Green's a good first one to talk about. Uh, I think, I'm not a fan. I'm not a huge fan. I, I'm not as high on him as everyone else, but I still think he's pretty good. He's still shooting the ball well. 40% thing, this past like, season. But he doesn't I, show up in the playoffs. It, it just never happens. It it we've been seeing this for years now. Even though I'm pulling up his shooting numbers and they're fine for like Philly, shot 38% from three in the playoffs. For the Lakers, the previous season it was 34. For the Raptors, the previous season. It Do you was know 33. what? Is he just the small wing version of George Hill? Is it the same player? No. Is everyone asking him to do too much and then they're disappointed when? Oh, in that regard, maybe. I think he's st- he's been he started all of those teams. That's the issue. I don't think he starts on the box. Like. He's literally started every playoff game he's played since 2012. Oh, my goodness. Maybe that's it. Maybe, like, teams keep wanting him to be a starting wing. Since his second year in the league, yeah. Yeah. This guy's got three rings, back-to-back rings, uh, Raptors and Lakers these last two of the last three years. Uh, obviously, Bucks last year. Um, but I don't know. I mean, he's like – Seven-ish points per game, solid threes, just good defense, good defensive See, this player. this is how people talk themselves into Danny Green, and then all of a sudden Danny Green is trending during playoff games for the same reasons over I, and over again. I, I, it feels to me like the George Hill thing, digging into it a little deeper. It feels like everyone just wants him to be more. I don't know. I mean, I that, think he's I start, Yes. I think he he's not a bad, like, seventh option. No. And again, I mean, then you look at – the playable bench, it's like, oh my God, it's Hill, yeah, so then you're, yeah. 
Hill, Green, Conadin, Portis, and then again, one of out of the three group of Hood, Ojale, Wara. It's quietly like you're really deep at that point. Like you're you're 12 deep in the regular season, basically. Oh, don't tempt Bud, man. Uh, I I want him. I don't want that to him. happen. I want that don't to happen in the first the 82. Off. No, we know. We know now. That's true. And be probably. Champion. I think he probably Michael would go deeper him. if he could, but I, I I trust him. I think he'll do the right thing at this point. There's a there's a contract we need to see come through the wire. Get, yes, let's get sir, Bud sorted do. out here. Get that extension taken care of. NBA champion Mike Budenholzer. Yeah. Um, uh, who are some other names? Obviously, Oladipo still out there. Yeah, let's talk about Oladipo. So if the Bucks still do have their taxpayer mid-level exception available, which they do, and if they choose to use it, which we don't know because yep. the luxury tax, gotta love it. Uh, Oladipo is a good name. He's not been signed yet. We've been talking about Oladipo on the Bucks for feels like an eternity now. We he's covered been flirting. This a bit. Yeah, he's he's been he's been flirting. You'll definitely say that. There's the relationship between him and Giannis. There's just all this stuff about like, oh, him under the Bucks training staff under Suki Hobson would be incredible, considering they just work miracles, apparently. They got they got PJ ready to go after he was dealing with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Everyone who goes there is just they just come out a new player. And it's incredible. Credit to them. It'd be it he would need it. <laughs> he would definitely need it. Considering we don't know if he his doctor has to go on the record to Woj saying that he's going to be ready to play. So that's not a great sign. Yeah. Uh, even though he says he's going to be ready to play, you're still like, why Why does your doctor have to go to an NBA report? <laughs> why is your doctor getting quoted? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not usually a good sign. But the upside is there. The upside is there. He, this guy's an all-star. He's an all-NBA player in the past. Not too far removed from that. It's there. He's still 29. He's probably just in the prime of his career. If you have the chance, you got to take it. I agree. I mean, my, I think, my free my free agent darling Demar Derozan is on the Bulls now. But the Bucks were never in any potential universe giving him eighty five million dollars over three years. So, but the chance for a ring tie. I know it, that's how he, we got to think about he it. He could have came in here and been the starting two guard. That's on him. Um, but I, the <laughs> the start of this season: nine games with Indy, twenty games with Houston, twenty points per game in both spots. 5.7 rebounds and four assists in Indy, 4.8 rebounds and five assists in Houston. And then wasn't good in Miami. Couldn't couldn't get healthy, lost steam. It was and four games. He had four bad games, 12 points per game. It's just he was he was cooked for this year. He needed the time off. And I think the Bucs are certainly not a team that's gonna rush him back. We know this is a playoff focused team. I mean, just think about it. you're going along in the Bucks season, he's playing spot minutes, he's getting healthy. Imagine even if he's like 18, 4, and 4 by playoffs. What a loaded team the Bucks would be. So you would start Drew Holiday, Victor Oladipo, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Brooke Lopez. You talk about a guy who has to do less and, and comfortably Oh, so. my God. I mean, Oladipo off ball is a menace, by the way. I mean, think about how easy it would be for them at any point in a playoff game. Two of the four, Drew Oladipo, Chris Giannis. That's it's, a one, it's that's absurdly a stacked. Way stacked lineup. It's absurdly stacked. So I think I think if you can get him, I would use the TPMLE. If you can get him for vet men, great. If they don't use it, but they still get a bunch of good players, we like. I don't know if I can even be that mad, even though it's still stupid and annoying. But I I think if you get Vic, like like Hood and kind of uh, Shemi, 
it's a risk. Maybe it doesn't work at all. That's certainly that's why he's not signed. I mean, that's that's the reason a guy who could be that good very conceivably plus is his, available. Plus, his friend Giannis hasn't isn't there to get the deal done because he's that's true. The that Larry O'Brien Trophy, NBA champions, by the way, in Greece. And the Bill Russell Trophy is also out there. Yes. Uh, Finals MVP Trophy. Costas does not have one of those. So No, he does uh, not. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I think you have to go for it if you have the chance. Even if he oh, – let's look at one of his down years. The OKC year where he just didn't fit and wasn't right. 16 points, four rebounds, two and a half assists. That's what playing with Russell Westbrook will do to you. Uh, 36% from deep, 49% from two. Even with Miami, he shot 46% from two. He could barely move. Like, he's just a good player. Like, he gets things done. With Miami, 12, 3.5, 3.5, 1. 1.8 steals with the Heat. Plus, the content would be incredible. This guy was on the mass Singer. Yeah. And he, he's been he's been obsessed with the Bucks. Like his voice is beautiful. There's so much upside. There's so much upside. See, now that DeMar's gone, I'm now falling in love with Oladipo. And I think he's legitimately a really, I think he's a very good dude as well, which is awesome. Yes. Yes, of course. He's endearing. He's a a legitimately good singer. He seems like a good guy. And a really Middleton-esque career arc. No, no, it's different. It's a lot different. A late bloomer. A late bloomer for sure. Yeah, peaked when he was older. Yeah. and He He didn't have that come up. Yeah, more renowned coming in. But like two stops of teams that were basically just like, we're not that interested. Just we're just gonna toss you out. You're matching salary for Paul George, so bye. And then just things click, and he's really good. It's not not that close to Chris, but definitely was not you know an, an instant hit. Kind of an, an an uneven grind, and then just popped. Um, but can you imagine if like Drew Giannis action or Drew like a Chris Giannis action? With Drew and Oladipo on opposite wings, ready to cutting, secondary ready actions. to ready to shoot. Oh my god! Oh my god! The ball handling on that team oh would just be goodness. ridiculous. Just yeah, there'd be one guy who could not just initiate everything. Yeah, and zero oh when they goodness. go small. Imagine the small lineup with Bobby. I do not trust Bobby Portis initiating the offense. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. But just imagine, oh my God, like some of the actions they could run. Bud's regular season non-end of game out of timeout plays are just going to be works of art. Only in the second quarter, though. Yeah, yeah, second quarter, ATOs. First um, through th- one through three action, but not in the fourth. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot there. I think why not go for it at this point? Because we talked about they have a lot of playable guys. You could always use more. Be fine if they get someone else who you're just like, oh yeah, very solid, great to have him. But Oladipo, I mean, talk about something that if it goes right, swings your your upside it's in a, a meaningful way. Starting five in the league, no questions asked. Yeah, if he if he gets back to anywhere where he was, if it's like half of prime Oladipo, that's the best starting five in the league. I'm at, who are you, who are teams trying to pick on? Brooklyn. No, I mean. Like what player on the box are teams trying to like, oh, we'll get this guy and then oh, we're good. Yeah. It's I like, guess oh, Brooke, we'll go with Brooke Lopez. It. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. We'll just do what we did to go win. Brooke Lopez, a literal all defense second team player like yeah. two years ago. <laughs> like that's the weakest link now. Have like, fun. Deceptively long. You've won me over. He'll let him score all regular season. But when we get to the, the 16 game sample. He's going to be dunking on DeAndre Ayton. That's what, oh. 
A legendary all-time run from Brook Lopez. Um, all right, one more player. I think we, we can go over a couple more names too, but one more player we want to highlight in a little bit of detail. Kelly Oubre. You want to talk beautiful. <laughs> Kelly Oubre. <laughs> um, a good player. 18 points two years ago with Phoenix um, when they got him after Washington had him. That was his career year shooting the three ball though, and he still shot – 35.2%. But he can score. It's good rebounder. Not really a passer. I honestly don't think he's a very boxy player. But if you can get a good two-way wing, even if he's not a shooter, at this point in the offseason, why not, right? I just think it's it's where where we're at, you get him, even though I don't I don't love him in a vacuum for Milwaukee. Yeah, it's just he's not what Milwaukee really needs. He's more of a bucket getter in that regard he's not like a catch and shoot three-point guy he's not like a prototypical wing you'd want in this rotation but the upside is there he'd be like is michael beasley a bad comparison am i completely out of the water (sighs) yeah i think probably i don't think his game is that close to base but maybe the impact yeah that's what I'm, i'm trying to that's what i'm trying to go for yeah, it's kind of a weird case in today's league. There's not that many wings who just aren't good shooters who also aren't like either ball handlers or elite defenders or both. But that's Uber. It's just weird. But he yeah. he makes it work, though, which is sort of what this team looks for. And in terms of upside, that's there. That's there. How old is he still? He fits the timeline as well. He's only 25. So we love 25, 26-year-olds. If you can get another young player in there, maybe have a Bobby-esque arc. That's asking a lot. I feel like we're saying that like that's easy to do. Well, that's why. Time. That's but that's why you sign Shemi and Rodney Hood and one of these other guys, Ubre or Oladipo or something. I mean, Oladipo obviously was great in the past, but that's why you go for multiple of these guys who are a little more unproven or, or coming back from things. Like this is the new Bucks formula. It seems like for team building is like. Let's get all. Let's get the island of misfit toys and just see how many we can get to pan out. Buy into Bucks culture. Island? I feel like I've asked this question before. It's the is it the Isle or the island of misfit toys? I thought it was the island, but it could be the Isle. Not sure on that, but um, but that's this, and I think it's a good plan because, like, it's the island. It is the island. Okay. Um, it just like it, it must really. I mean, you could tell with P, not really the same with PJ, but certainly with Bobby. Like there's such a stronger connection when, you know, you're you're in a spot where your whole career and, and life changes because of the way it works with with a team like the Bucks. Like that's how you can retain a player like Bobby Portis. I think it's not a bad plan. I, I don't hate what they're going for with a lot of these signings. And then like you measure it out with a guy like Hill, who is certainly not that, and just like he doesn't have anything to prove. He's just a good player who wants a championship and can really help. Yeah, and I. Kelly Oubre might be a little unrealistic. It's it's weird that he hasn't been signed yet. Yeah, I mean, Golden State, maybe he's going to pay a, a ton. I, I don't know. It's Because they have his bird rights, if I believe. They might not. Do they not? Uh, they got him in an off-season trade from Phoenix? Yeah. So maybe they do? It's a little complicated. Yeah, it's a little – if there's a team to pay him, though, it's the Warriors in terms of retaining him. Although they're they're talking about – there's reports that they're not sure if they're going to use their taxpayer mid-level either. So 
Maybe yeah, uh, but that's, that's going to be significantly less than uh, what he, he he made. What did he make this year? Fifteen million dollars. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the the reason that I put everyone on the board starting today, including DeRozan, before he ended up getting the bag. Money's drying up, and players have to make decisions now. And you know, Kelly Oubre, I did not think was in. I didn't have him ranked anywhere coming into free agency. Again, I thought there was no way he's still here. And cap space is drying up, and you get to a point because where Hassan Whiteside is getting signed before Kelly Oubre and Oladipo, Andre Drummond, Andre. What do you think about? Here's the thing. Here's the real thing. Right? Is the cap space is going down, and it's teams like the Thunder who nobody wants to play there because they're not trying to win yet, who have cap space now, and the Lakers can't pay anything anymore. They use Miami their exception. Can't. Miami can't. The Nets can't. Brooklyn can't. So it's like, okay, if you want to go to a contender with the taxpayer mid-level, you're going it's to the, the Bucks. The Warriors are the Bucks, and the Bucks are more of a contender than the Warriors. They just won it. And they have yeah. Giannis, and, and things are very good. They don't have the big question mark the Warriors have with trying to get Clay back. Oh. Also that. I was like, um, no, they do have. Yeah, they do have joke. that one. They do have that <laughs> one. Um, so the Bucks are actually, if they're going to use the damn thing, in a pretty good position with the guys left. Like, they can offer something no one else can right now. Yes, they they really can. And you mentioned the Warriors are potentially going to say that if the Bucks do say that they also have the chance for buyout guys midseason, which yeah, that market we don't, is so hard to predict right we now. Don't and love it's probably the not going to be good. Usually like is the, not. The best player is probably going to be Kevin Love. And then I honestly don't think so. There's probably someone like James Ennis who's just better at this point, but not James famous. James Ennis could sign this year. Maybe. Like, this, like yesterday. Could still get bought out. The Wayne Ellington special. Oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, maybe it's Wayne Ellington again. Who knows? That doesn't go well in LA. He did sign with the Lakers, right? I'm not making that up. Yeah, he did. He did. And there's he's also not, the big fish still waiting out there for the Bucks to sign, and that's Kawhi Leonard. Also, money's drying up. <laughs> I mean, like the the one money spot he has is the Clippers. Yeah, is what he yeah. do? But uh, OKC getting the pitch ready. Um, well, we have to run through one other name in a little bit of detail. Or our our fellow GSPN. Uh, hosts are going to be upset. Paul Millsap still out oh, there. I thought you were going to say Harry Giles. Oh, that's just Adam. I don't think Jordan's in on Harry Giles the same. But Paul Millsap, yeah, I think a 4-5. Yeah, no, I take Paul Millsap. I don't know why we didn't talk about him earlier. I, I just forgot. But yeah. He'd be good. He's a good backup big. He's well past his prime. He even was past his prime in Denver, but still found a way to be productive. He's a bud guy. Adam really talked this up in terms of him having great chemistry under Budenholzer in the past in the days in Atlanta. It seems like a move that's probably going to end, maybe end up being made, potentially. Like those two are a, are a really good fit. And if we're continuing the tradition of adding Bud guys, or wait, does George Hill count as the Bud guy now? Two different ways, right? Yeah. He's a Bud Spurs guy in San Antonio and, and a Bud guy on, on the Bucks. So. That's a twofer right or there. Or maybe that cancels each other out. Maybe. I guess we'll see. Uh, this would be, I guess, the Nassus would be a bud guy as well. If they uh, that's just re- that's retaining. That's retaining. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. Um, Otherwise, yeah, I mean, Bobby's the bud guy. <laughs> you talk about a guy, though, who's like probably been starting longer than he should. Do you know the last time Millsap didn't start at least 36 games in a season? 2010? I just look at it. No, I don't have it up. 
The 2009-10 season, yeah. Oh, let's go. He played all 82 and only started eight. That's a good call. He last year started 36 games for the Nuggets. The year before, 41 out of 50 or 48 out of 51 games played. Um, his three-point shooting fell off this last year, but it's a 56-game sample on low volume. The year before it was 43%. Good defender, good rebounder, good passer for his position. I guess you know why we didn't talk about him, I think. I f- I feel like our whole MLE convo has been lasered in on guards and, and maybe like small wings, but mostly guards. High upside guys too. Also that, but I think really positionally, like I think we felt like they need to use that asset on a guard. And if How they and, need it on a big. <laughs> and he'll, they don't need it. I don't think they need to focus anywhere. I think now they can go best player available. and they have enough flexibility. I would like to see a big added, but I think they're at a point where if like, if you can get, Danny Green, but no bigs. You're fine with Danny Green. If you can get Paul Millsap, you're fine with Paul Millsap. Like, just get deeper with playable guys, and you're good at this point. But Hill could be on the, and maybe Hill's on the MLE. We don't know yet, but you can yeah, still add one of these guys on a minimum. We've been trying to uh, get the uh, get information as it happens, but uh, no, nothing's been happening so far in terms yeah. of George Hill's contract. Yeah, well, they um, cannot be signed until after the league year on August 6th, I believe. Same with Hood, because they both just got waived uh, in the last day or so. So we'll be waiting a little bit on the official signing, but pretty much locked in that those guys are both going to be Bucks, And yeah, some of these other players as well. So yeah, Millsap, I think, would be fine. I, I would like it. Um, I mean, I know every a lot of the guys we just talked about are old. I mean, Hill and, and Green... I just big guys who get old do scare me a little bit. Millsap's already 36. He'll be 37 by February. A little, a little tenuous, but would help. Would be a helpful player. Uh, Reggie Jackson and Dennis Schroeder still available. Oh, yeah. I think no for the Bucks because they have Hill, but I mean, I would, I would take one. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't guess. love Schroeder. I think there's not good relationship with him and Bud, but like on, no, TBE, on TBE, it's a hell of a value. He could play MLE, not the traded player. Exemption. Yeah, sorry, TPMLE. Thank you. If they still uh, have it available, yeah, it'd be. Uh, I don't. I don't know, man. <laughs> like this, guy, he wasn't good. The Lakers in the post. He played good defense. He's had some awful games. I think. Yeah, like I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I, at this point, I'm just like, sure, let's get. I mean, if it doesn't work, you can just DJ Augustine him and get your next PJ Tucker. So you can not sign in. Yeah, I mean, not if sold. you get win a championship and I'll live. Um, Fair enough. Reggie Jackson. I mean, I, I would like Jackson I think more, but kind of the same deal. It's just like if you want hey, to, at least the, he should. At least he elevated his game in the postseason. Like my goodness, but that was incredible. It's kind of the campaign thing of small sample. I mean, he was good in the regular season for the Clippers, but hasn't yeah. always been and, the case. And he stepped up when it was needed. So if there's an insurance guy, I'd rather have Reggie Jackson than Dennis Schroeder. Lou Williams? Lou Williams still a good option. Still a good option. I would take him as well. Yeah, it's just... A, it's just there's a ton of good options still. There are. There. My goodness. Josh Hart, who I think is still restricted, so that's harder. Yes. They kind of have to get renounced. Um, Dante Exum, Wes Matthews, Avery Bradley. Those last three... Can Dante Exum play basketball? Do we know? He was really good in the Olympics yesterday. Was Which he? is not an answer to your question. When's yeah, the last really time he nice played game. a good NBA game? It's probably been a while. Um, kind of just a def- – you know what? That would be – that. there would be your, your Portis right there, except the opposite. Bobby Portis was pretty good in New York. Well, he's pretty good on offense and looked to be unplayable on defense. Exum is the opposite player. It's 
known as a good defender, but can't do enough guard stuff. Also, bigger injury concerns. Dante Exum last season played six games, and his highest point outcome was seven points. I don't think he could stay healthy. I think he's that's 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 the bigger season, thing with Exum. Uh, he scored twenty eight in a game. Yeah, see, that, I mean, like the, there's there was something nothing, there. There was only two games in double digits the entire season. Beyond that, out of six, I mean, not many. No, bucks. this is the previous season. Oh, this is where he, <laughs> never mind. A ton of games. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> um. I, I might I might almost like Exum better than West or Avery Bradley. Bradley would be kind of good. I don't know. Both guys are slightly cooked. They're medium rare. Like they're good or medium well. They're getting they're getting to fully cooked, I think. Exum, yeah. I guess, is upside, but he might just not play. I don't know how many injury guys you can take the risk on. Like Oladipo is different, but Exum and Hood at a certain point. I'm just like, I'm just out on Exum. Yeah, I don't know why fair. I'm that's it's taking me to real. I don't know why I'm just going in on poor Dante Exum right now. But. Mike James, my guy, Mike James, still out there. Yeah, maybe, but they got Elijah Bryant, same guy. Yeah, not true, uh, but no. I think I think Bryant. Uh, I don't know. I don't care that much to talk about which one is better. Ursan's still out there. We'll say we'll say Elijah for Jordan. Yeah, yeah, and because he's you know a reigning reigning champion. I've never yes. seen Mike James do that. One last note. They could add multiple of these guys or one of these guys and Thanasis. They'd still have four non-guaranteed deals. So we've talked about this on other pods. Wara seems like a lock to make the roster and not get waived. But if you told me any of Bryant, Diakite, uh, Merrill did get waived, I wouldn't be stunned at, at any of the three. I, I think either are possible. We've quibbled about the order a lot, but um, it's possible. The Bucks could do that. I don't know if they will. But if they want to convert one of those guys to a two-way. Yeah, you could do that. Um, I think they all should. Yeah, they're definitely all still eligible. So you could do that too. Um, the other thing I was going to say, and that that's, so either you could do that, sign one guy and still keep the 15th spot open. You could wave two and sign two guys and do that. Or you could wave one, bring back the Nasus and add one of the free agents we talked about, which that to me is like, that's really good. But if TA is happy to move on and, I'm okay with it. We'd miss him. Be honest with I want him. him back. I want him back. It'd be fun. It'd be fun to have him back. I still think he's good. I think he's all right. I mean, I think he's going to have competition in Shemi, which is probably good for them. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah, I think those two would get along really well. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't think they'd be. I don't think they'd have issues for sure. Not. Um, both seem like really high character guys. Yeah. I would like. Do you look at uh, Mamu Kalashvili as a four or a five, or just kind of in, in the middle? As- neither which is the problem i if if they sign not Millsap, basically if they if they use the spot on a perimeter player or a guard number 15 or if they open up a spot whatever if that's who they add from here i would like the two-way to be a true center and the somebody i forget who now Someone just snatched up Nathan Knight, who's like a legit, I think, seven-foot, two-way player-ish guy from the G League. I would like it to be someone like that. I would like a break glass in case of emergency center. And I guess it might just be Diakite, but he's rostered. Like I just like more big depth because at some point, I just feel like Lopez is going to be out a week, and you just don't have that many centers. And I don't like yeah. the idea of a ton of Giannis at center in the regular season, even if it's just for a week. Do it for just, 20 just, minutes or 10 minutes a game. There. Or start to at center. 
You could uh, Diakite. You could do Diakite. They're probably fine. I feel like I feel like I did the same thing before they had Robin Lopez, and it just didn't matter. And then they got Robin Lopez, and it was like he just didn't play in the playoffs. And it was like, okay, maybe they didn't need that. Yeah. So maybe it's just like a yeah, a break glass in case of emergency guy. That's a good way to put it. But it's I'm it's sure. probably just Diakite. Unless they get rid of him for something else, then I'd want another one. But yeah, with Diakite, yeah. it's fine. So I don't care anymore. So yeah, Yorgos can be the other two way, I guess. It doesn't. I mean, I would prefer not because I think you get a better one. But yeah, but they also don't use their two way guys. Diakite like, earned a roster Justin spot. Justin Jackson play a second for the Bucks. <sighs> yeah, he uh, he's like their third leading regular season scorer from last year, and like fourth in minutes per game because his one game he played a ton. Oh, it was, yeah. I think it was like the last game of the season. It was, uh, no, it was actually one of their, uh, it was near the end of the season. It was yeah. June. Wait. Oh, I'm looking at playoffs. It was the last game of the season. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When uh, they, they, Chicago. yeah, they didn't care about that. Um, that is the only game he played for the Bucks. <laughs> it's a great game. <laughs> Three of nine from the field. Like, what, I mean, how many did he score? I thought, am I wrong about his scoring? Is that, Oh, that no, might be. It's, it's it's nine points. <laughs> oh, that that's is it. Bryant did Bryant have a really yeah. high scoring release? Okay, my bad. I had that mixed up. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Justin Jackson earned himself a look next year. He got I think to the he, free throw line. He I think he's out of from the charity strip. I think the issue for him, I think I think he's out of two way eligibility. To Elijah? No, Justin. Justin? Jackson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we were like, how is he signing? He was borderline already. Yeah. Would you waive any of the non-guaranteed guys to bring him in as a young core guy? Justin Jackson? Yeah. No. I think it's worth asking for two seconds. I mean, it's he was on two-way. What about Axel? Is Axel gone? I forgot about Axel. <laughs> How many years of service does Axel have? Is Axel going to be the second two-way? They love Axel. Nobody uh, defends inbounds like Axel Tupon. No, Axel's the guy we were like, oh, why – they're both of them, really. No, it was Justin because Axel, Axel last year was only his third year of service. Yeah, yeah. So he's still eligible. Axel Tupon, whose career started in 2015, could sign a two-way this year. Yep, he is 29 years old. Yep, that's not their hey, oldest. You two-way. know what? No, not their no, oldest we, two-way. No, we don't disrespect the hustle. Actually, it might be, but Bonzi was close. Yeah, no, we don't. We don't disrespect the hustle. Guys trying to make. Bonzi, Bonzi was not close. He was 25, but no, we don't. <laughs> It's MVP Bonzi Colson dude. Bonzi um, Alexander Colson the second. Ooh. With the respect. You should go by that. That's a good name. Yeah. Uh, but no, Axel's Axel's gone. I'm sorry, Axel. <laughs> you can get DQ to do those inbounds. <laughs> True. Like, um yeah. Did you have any thoughts? Bring him back. Yeah. Did do- you have any targets for two ways? Um I wouldn't mind if they brought back one of the herd guys. Jamario Jones is going to be in camp. That's a little interesting. Um, kind of like a, a G League-ish version of Draymond. Does a lot of the same things. Tries to score a lot more, though. Um, I still really like Cam Reynolds. I still think Cam can play. Uh, he's gotten a shot with the Spurs since they let him go. Um, but I, I thought he was good as a two-way. I wouldn't mind them keeping him. Um, or Frank Mason. I mean, Frank Mason, we haven't really heard anything. I don't think. I think he's he's free agent. Yeah, he he signed with the Magic midseason and then got hurt, I believe. Yeah. Um, so every point wanted, guard that played for the Magic got hurt last year. They, it was ridiculous. Um, but someone like that would be cool, I think. But 
I'm pretty open at this point. Uh, I mean, if they want to do Yorgos, I guess. I would prefer him to be a straight G League player, but we'll see. You yeah, know, it's I mean, not the first Greek buddy of the Antetokounmpo's that's played for the Herd if he does show up there. Who was the other guy? I Canelos Garbus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Living a great life. He got married about a year ago, I think. Oh, congrats. Yeah. Congratulations. Really good guy. Really good guy, Canelos. Oh, there you Friend go. of the Antetokounmpo's. When he got, he played hard. But uh, a short guard who wasn't exactly a point guard. Yeah. Isn't. He's, he's, he's a still... friend of the Atetokupas. He's a friend of the pod. Exactly. Giannis Thanasis, come on the button. Uh, <laughs> do we have any do we have any other names? I feel like we're a day in free agency and we've there's a lot's still, off the board. A lot's happened, but there's still so much that could happen. It's just it's wild. Yeah. No, um I don't think we have any more names right now. Um, but We'll see. The Bucks might sign two players. They might sign no players. That's probably about the limit. Plus one more for the two-way. Um, I mean, they can sign multiple guys. They can. I don't think they will, but they can. Yeah, and like bring them to camp. Like you can yeah. keep the non-guaranteed guys until camp. That's true. Like you don't have to make finer roster cutdowns until like what a week before the regular season. Yeah, but they're not going to release guaranteed guys. So they'd only bring someone if they were for sure going to release multiple of the non-guaranteed guys. I think I think at most, at absolute most, Thanasis and one more free agent. But I, I could see neither thing happening too. Yeah. Oh god. They can't take Thanasis away from me, man. They can't do it. I I think it's up to him at this point. So it maybe maybe really he is. wants to take uh Yorgos' spot. Who knows? But basically Thanasis don't leave me is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I think uh, unless you have anything else here, I think we could wrap this up here. I think we're good. It was going to be a short pod. So much for that. Yeah, I don't free know. baby. Yeah, free age. Oh, my God. We're so far into this podcast. I did not realize <laughs> that. Um, yeah, uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep. It's been uh, we've, we've had a lot of content the last couple of days here. Uh, we're going to keep it going, though. We're going to do the best we can for you guys. Uh, you know how you can show your support. You can make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple. Todd, do we have a review to read out or do people need to leave reviews? Wait, the people need to leave reviews. The leave last reviews, one people. Was the, beautiful, the beautiful review from Pigpen317 who just crushed it. I know we're only recording this a day later, but come on. Leave, leave, your, <laughs> leave your reviews. Come on. Get them in. Get them in. Come yeah. on, folks. You'll get them right on the pod, so make sure you do that. Please do that, actually. That'd, be, that'd mean a lot. Uh, but yeah, make sure you're subscribed on your podcast platform to check out all the content across the Blue Wire Network. We'll have more for you as free agency continues, as the offseason continues. Um, we haven't even touched on the Olympics like uh, just uh, Justin Wara. Jordan Wara is done. Uh, <laughs> Chris yeah. and Drew are going to be playing in the semifinals against Australia. Um, yeah. Hot take. Uh, question. Choose your fighter. U.S. Oh, or the field it's for back. Gold. It's just two. It's a fast one. U.S. Okay, or the it? field for gold? U.S. Field. Oh, field. okay. I don't think they do it. Okay. They looked okay, a lot better. Fine. They looked a lot better, but I, uh, I'm still 10 U.S. Okay. I like it. I like Choose Your Fighter. I didn't yeah. that. Uh, but so yeah. Who, do we know the bracket? They got it's boomers. U.S., Australia, France, uh, Slovenia. Slovenia? <sighs> In the semifinals. That's a, so that's Gobert a fun versus bracket. Luka. Gobert and Fournier versus Luca. And then uh, $80 million versus uh, uh, Patty Mills. Oh, revenge Bain. game. Drew, Drew, lock up Patty Mills. 
Shopat in the error of his way. It's a revenge game. They haven't played. (laughs) Okay, sure. He he didn't choose Milwaukee. He chose the rival. That's true. Got to give Nets fans a taste of what they're in for in the playoffs. Oh, they already know. It's fair. NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, but Never yeah, we'll, we'll be back with you with all this stuff because there's a lot happening. Uh, <laughs> stuff's going to continue to happen. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Go Bucks.